everybody. Welcome back to Schools in Session. My name is Jess, and I am joined by Dr. Jeremy Davidson. Uh, he is principal of Winfield Middle School in the Winfield School District. Could you just give us some background information on who you are and what made you go into education? For sure. Thanks for having me on, number one. But uh, yeah, I started education, jeez, oh, it's been 23 years ago. Uh, I, crazy enough, I was only in the classroom for five years. Uh, and then I jumped over as a principal, um, ah, geez, 18 years ago now. Um, and so kind of been doing it ever since then. It's kind of a long story. I won't go into the depth of the story, how I got into education, but I, I originally wasn't uh, going into education. It wasn't the field of study that I wanted to uh, be in. Um, background a little bit. I was not a very good student. Uh, I got in trouble a lot. And so <laughs> I didn't have a desire to be in the field of education. I always tell my middle school kids, honestly, like I've never graduated. I keep, they keep making me repeat school because I'm middle school for so dang long now, but um, I got in it because I was working with a young lady who had some um, severe disabilities, and um, I was told that I couldn't get her in the pool, that she'd been working in this facility for about 10 years, and no one had ever been able to get her into the pool. And so um, that was kind of my mission, was to get her in the pool. Her name was Sherry, and so I spent about two or three weeks with her, um, two or three days a week working with her, and at one point, um, I started talking about swimming, and it piqued her interest, and I got her in the pool. And I, when I did that, <laughs> One of the head professors in the education department was watching from the windows upstairs, and he came to me and said, hey, um, you're a teacher, and uh, <laughs> you're not an athlete training major. We need to shift to what you do. And I, I kind of was like, yeah, no, I don't really want to do that. But he talked me into it, and he got me into classrooms and let me see some things, and I realized that I could also coach from that. And so here we are 23 years later. Wow, that's that's a pretty yeah. cool backstory. Um, so I'm just, I know you have experience in both rural and urban schools and districts as well. So I just have a few questions for you. How do rural and urban areas affect a student's education and what are some challenges of each side? Well, that's a great question. Um, from a rural perspective, it's, uh, it's uh, interesting because oftentimes in a rural perspective, there's, the resources aren't there. Um, it's uh, sometimes lacking. Uh, some of the funds may not be there. Um, I think one of the big things we're seeing right now in the rural schools as teachers, um, how do we get teachers in, into the into these facilities and how do we retain them, honestly? Right. Um, that's, a, that's a huge piece. Um, another side of it is extracurricular activities. Um, there's just, there's not as many for kids in the rural school setting. Um, although they're quality, there's just not as many, that, as many there. For example, you have this EA, this new sports, this online sporting piece that's there. And, uh, you know, as I transitioned to, to be a superintendent, I'm looking out there going, where's some grants for that? How cool would that be to bring mm -hmm. to a small school in a, in a small school setting? Because it just doesn't exist. Um, and so some of those things, you're, you know, your curriculum is a little bit different in a small school setting. Um, you're creating that curriculum. So if you go to a, in a suburban school setting or urban school setting, that curriculum is being created for you most of the time. Or you have a curriculum instructional coach you can bounce ideas off of. Um, a lot of times the funding's there. Um, and so th those, some of those things are just issues you deal with in the rural setting. But I think probably um, the biggest thing I would say that's a struggle right now is probably that teacher retention piece and how do we keep them in the small, the, 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 um, the base pay is just not there to compete. You know, I, I get to tell you firsthand as a principal that I lose teachers every two to three years. Um, they're here, they stay, and then they, they, they leave on once they, you know, they get to see what it feels like to be a teacher and they experience it and they go to places where, uh, like, we were talking earlier where it's more comfortable for them to go back to their hometown setting or a bigger setting where they can uh, have more avenues for things and, and enjoy more, I, I'd say more time, free, free time outside of school setting as well. There's city, more, city, more things to do in the city life, I would say. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, 
So what would be the positives of each setting? And does one side, does rural have more side than urban or more advantages or urban have more advantages than rural? Or <laughs> I think that's, uh, you know, as you guys come in as student teaching, you get an experience a little bit of both. Um, and you guys really determine that, what, what you enjoy the most, you know. Mm-hmm. As a teacher, I love teaching in the city schools and the, and the, the urban setting. Um, as a principal, I've enjoyed the small town um, setting. And, and so they, they both have their benefits. Um, and they both, would, people would say maybe some negative things to them. I don't know if it's negative, it's an adjustment to things. Um, so I would say, um, boy, some of the, the benefits to me um, of, a, of a rural school would be just that, um, the small classroom size. I mean, that's, you really can't put your finger on that until you're there and you see it. Um, I think there's a deeper relationship oftentimes too, um, not necessarily with one-on-one teacher to teacher, because uh, you can get that in a rural or a suburban setting as well. But um, I think as a general whole, you get to know everyone. Um, you're not uh, you're not a, you're not a face in the crowd. You're not walking around without no one around knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone knows you are good or bad. Um, they know who you are, and so that that relationship is more personalized um, for the kids. I believe in a, in a rural setting. Um, on the flip side, I would say the the, the positives, the things that happen with the uh, the rural our urban setting is that uh, man, you have a lot of stuff to get your hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be in studios like this doing podcasts. I mean, you can do create be creating movies i mean the technology is insane the money that's there for the kids um it's just you just don't get that in a small school um and so i think you have to as a teacher coming in you have to decide what what meets your needs the best as you're trying to impact kids in a positive way so you mentioned that you enjoyed working in both rural and urban areas was there one that was significant, like you had to step up on the other one, or was it more of like you can't really make a decision? Uh, well, I'd say for me, probably. I've just kind of fallen in love with the rural setting, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, I, uh, every, every, every facility has its own uh, good or bad, and so one of the things I enjoy is um, as a principal, I, I really kind of made it my, my point to um, try to reach our kids who are the struggling the most. Um, and so if you go into my office right now, you'll hear, you'll see an egg crate that has about 10 to 12 of our uh, boys in particular. Um, they're our toughest kid. And, and so I put them on behavior, behavior plans. They meet with me uh, three times a day. Um, and so I don't know that I'd have the time to be able to do that in the, in the larger school setting, to be honest with you. Um, because I have the time in the small school, I feel like there's an impact that I get to have that I may have not gotten to have in that larger setting. And I, I watched some really good principals um, and again, I was never a principal in an uh, urban setting, but I've watched really good principals struggle with that because the mass number of kids trying to connect them to adults is very difficult. And so um, I'm able to connect all of our kids to someone. Um, and, you know, whether it be another high school kid or, or another adult, it makes it so much easier in a, in a small school setting. So that, that part is the personal part for me that I truly enjoy. Okay. Um, so I guess you mentioned that you were not a principal in an urban setting. Um, but based on what you've learned, so how do the leadership roles differ? Like if you were a principal, I guess that doesn't really apply in urban, That's okay. but like (laughs) superintendent, I guess principal too, how does the roles kind of differ? How are they the same in each setting? I have a friend, I have a multitude of friends that that work in both rural and urban, so I get to hear it all the time. Um, oftentimes my urban friends will say, Jeremy, you need to get away from the rural school. You just, you have less to do. Like You'll come into my building and you'll see me take a mop, clean a table. Mm. You'll see me <laughs> step into a classroom and teach. You'll see me do all these things in, in the 
And the larger set school with the urban school, you just don't have, you have, you have a lot more resources. You have instructional coaches. Uh, you have a, a, a more of an abundance of um, paras. You have a more abundance of uh, substitute teachers to use as, as tools. And so I'm taking on a lot more task in the small school setting, um, but I have less number, too, of kids that have um, is- maybe larger issues that, that I, I can, I'm able to reach there. Or I have, mm-hmm. I have a good no- a number of staff to be able to do that, reach those as well. But to me, it's just a, trying to balance that out um, in a small school is way different than a large school. <laughs> a large school is just – my buddies all the time tell me, he's like, man, you just, you're doing way too much stuff. And I'm like, I'm not doing too much stuff. Like, this is what I do, right? Yeah, and so yeah. I don't even know as a principal – how I would function in the urban schools because I'm so used to going in early and doing so much stuff that it's just become who I am and I love it, you know? Right. And I think there's a side of it too. It's important. I always say people around you will work the way you work as a leader. Mm-hmm. And so they see me working like that and they, they desire that too. And all of a sudden the culture begins to change because they're not, they're willing to stay as long as I'm willing to stay. Okay. Um, and so that, that impact in that small school, I get to see that firsthand. I know principals do the same thing in urban schools but the trickle down is much more difficult because you have so many people underneath you um, that you have to kind of lend that down to and get them on board to do the same thing that you're doing. So, well, I know that I came from us. I came from a small town, rural school division. We call them in Canada, and I just know that the I could not even being a student at an urban. I could not imagine being a student at an urban school. Like I enjoyed that personal connection, and and I knew my teachers. Like they knew me. So that was really, that was a benefit for me as a student. And I know you spoke on um, just connections and stuff made in a smaller school. So um, going off of that, what were the biggest changes that you experienced going from one side to another? So urban to rural or rural to urban? I think going from an urban center to a rural, really the biggest for me was the the amount of resources. Mm-hmm. You know, and having, you know, I'll give you a couple examples. Like I taught history. And so I had a history instructional coach. And so um, I didn't write my curriculum. They kind of laid it out for me and said, here's what we want to teach. And it's the curriculum is maintains the same, right? It's all based on Missouri learning standards. So you're teaching the same curriculum. How we get there looks a little bit differently. Um, but they had that all laid out for me. Um, you know, they had my assessments laid out for me, mm-hmm. um, my common assessments. And those types of things were laid out for me in the urban setting. Going into a rural setting, you're creating that. Um, you know, there's tools out there to help you create that, but you're digging in. Uh, you're breaking down um, those standards and really honing in on what is the uh, most important standards for your school. You know, we know the Missouri learning standards, but what standards do your, does your kids need at your school? Mm-hmm. You're deciding that as the teacher. In a, a urban school, someone's deciding that for you, and they're kind of pushing that down to you, right. um, which is a benefit in a lot of ways because I can go back and bounce an idea off someone in the curriculum world who really, truly understands curriculum. Not always. Teachers are, can teach well. A lot of teachers can teach well, but they don't really understand curriculum sometimes, and there can be a detriment to that because you have to teach mm-hmm. teachers how to really understand the curriculum. Um, you know, we create heat maps in my building where we lay out the standards that are most important, and we I help them identify, um, number one, the, the percentage points that they're worth, the standards worth, and we break it, we start breaking it down that way so they, they get a good idea to go, this one doesn't really matter, but this, these ones are super important. So um, that's a role as a principal in a lot of urban schools. They don't even have to do that. But I have to do that as, as a, a, a small school principal, right. um, which is cool because I get to see all the curriculum stuff too. But it's harder. It's it's more difficult, as a, I think, from a curriculum standpoint in a, a rural school because you just don't have the support systems around you. Sometimes you're standalone, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you're the only, only person teaching that mm-hmm. content in your building. Right. Um, and so that makes it hard. You don't have someone to bump ideas off unless you're um, maybe reaching out to another school who's your size or a larger mm-hmm. school. 
and helping having them help you along the way as well. So, yeah. So on top of the curriculum, building off of that last question, um, how do they line up between the different districts? Are they do they differ at all? Um, do you feel like one is more difficult because sometimes things could be a little different between schools, um, yeah, no, even in the same yeah, district? So for sure, yeah. I think the big thing is that um, no matter where you're at, whether it be um, an urban school setting or a rural, uh, the important piece is there's vertical conversations happening, um, and that's that can happen here regardless of the size. And I think that's probably one of your most important tools to use um, when you're really building the curriculum. So you're building in common vocabulary, um, that you're having common language that goes along that streams down from, you know, K through, um, actually go pre-K if you wanted to, pre-K through 12th grade, that you guys have a common vernacular and you guys can, kids know that hear the same things as they travel through. Um, you're looking at, you know, standards that extend beyond the grade level and go be, uh, below the grade level. Um, and so I, I think that's, that piece is there both ways. I, again, I think the, the tough piece is making sure that, um, uh, you have good sound curriculum and that you're spending time writing good sound curriculum. And what does that look like in a rural school when you don't have the supports around you mm-hmm. from curriculum, stru- curriculum instructional coaches, or maybe you don't have an administrator who maybe one who's just a facilitator, right? Who's very good at all the other stuff, but maybe not so good at, at curriculum components. And so how do you meet those needs in a rural school compared to an urban school and expect our kids to stay up with the, the kids that are getting, um, I guess, all the resources around them in those, mm-hmm. those larger school settings? So, on top of that, how did the community around you change? Like, the support, um, what, did one have more support, less support? I know you kind of touched on this one, but in terms of, like, community within the teachers and principals, I guess, leadership as well. Yeah, no, no. I, I think it changes some. I think that, uh, you know, as an educator, um, one of the things you have to be willing to do, no matter where you're at, is you have to be willing to ask questions. Um, you, you know, every, everywhere you go and every, every new job you're going to do, especially in education, you've probably heard this in your classes, there's an impl- implementation dip. And so mm-hmm. everyone's going to go through that, right? Especially that first year of teaching where you get in there and you're like, man, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> Things are going well and the classroom's yeah. great. And all of a sudden, the behaviors of the kids rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, my lesson plans don't flow smoothly. Mm-hmm. Uh, things are going bad. And I'm like, why in the world did I ever get in this field, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I think, you know, if you have a principal... Um, and leaders around you, people to talk to, that's where it's at. And so you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone to seek help. If you don't, you try to do it on your own, you're an island, you're going to yeah. you're gonna struggle no matter where you go. If it's a rural or an urban, it just doesn't matter. And so uh, you, you always have to remember, people aren't always looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. And so that's very difficult to really understand that in education, right? Because it's not intentional sometimes. It's just that your teachers are teaching and they, they, they have a goal in mind is to teach the kids. They don't have a goal in mind necessarily to support others around them all the time. Mm. Completely unintentional. They yeah, will they yeah. will support you when they, they know that there's a struggle there and they're amazing at it. And so mm-hmm. um, I think just being willing to uh, use your resource around you and ask for help when you need it because they're gonna they'll give you everything you need, r- whether it be in a rural or an urban setting. It's just a matter of saying, hey, yeah. I need some help. I'm struggling here a little bit. Yeah. Somebody needs to help me here. So yeah. don't float by yourself. There's no such thing as a dumb question. Oh, no, not at <laughs> Especially all. Especially in know, education. Yeah, yeah, you know, I have teachers <laughs> ask all the time. They're like, I'm sorry I'm asking so many questions. I'm like, absolutely not. That is my job. And if I don't yeah. know the answer right now, I will find it for you. And so that's right. that's part of my job. So, And not no question is done. You're right. No no question is dumb question. It's only dumb if you don't ask. That's right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because then you're out there on your own trying to figure exactly. it out. And that doesn't work very well. And so although you have the resources now, you have the chat GTP, and you have all these things you can use for tools, but at the end of the day, it's not humanized, and that human piece yeah. matters. Um, and I think 
we don't want to lose that. It's like we are sometimes, and we don't want to lose that in education because that's the most important piece. You know, we have a lot of kids coming from trauma, both in rural and urban settings. It looks different, mm -hmm. right? Um, because there's not oftentimes not race involved um, in the, the rural setting, which there is in the, the urban setting. But the reality is it's still these kids all have trauma, right? We all do. And yeah. so how do we help them manage it while we also manage our trauma um, as, as adults too? And so, um, but that's all built around right, relationships. I tell my staff all the time, relationships will outlast trauma all day long. And so we have to build relationships all the time with kids. It matters. Well, thank you, Dr. Davidson, for your time and all your input. And I, this, that has been that for this episode of Schools in Session. I look forward to the next one and school's out. Thank you.